0: Elevate, elevate, praise God, God is good, God is awesome, amen, just got quiet, Um, guys that worship time was amazing, if you all felt the presence of God, give it up, that was the Holy Ghost, I'd like to introduce you to somebody, that person that was like tugging on your heart during worship yeah, that, that's the Holy Spirit. He's real. He, he likes to like convict people and touch people and like make them go boom and like the fuego and fire and all that stuff. So guys, in these times of worship and the services, oh man, especially in a series such as this one that we're in in July, guys, it's time to go after God. Say, go after God. Yeah. Say, no turning back. Come on, somebody. I am so excited for all the amazing things that God is doing in each and every one of you. And here's here's the kicker, though. You have the choice whether or not you want to actually go along with what God's doing. See, God has amazing plans for you. He has amazing things he wants to do in your life. He wants to take you places. He wants to show you things. He wants to introduce you to people. And here's the thing. He wants you to choose that on your own. He wants you to choose to go with him on this amazing journey and encounter his presence, encounter his spirit, be used by him in all these different ways. He wants to give that to you, and he's offering it to you tonight. And the only thing is you just got to receive it. So you might ask yourself, well, how come I'm not seeing these things that you're talking about? How come I don't really feel God's love? How come I'm not you know, experiencing this freedom that you talk about every week? Well, the, the, the problem isn't God's not offering it to you. Okay, because God's offering to you everything that he has. Actually, he offered you himself on the cross, right, 2,000 years ago. So Jesus doesn't have to offer anything more. The only thing that is left is, okay, are you going to receive what he's trying to give you? And this ties in perfectly with what I'm going to talk about tonight out of the book of Joshua. Guys, God has so many things he wants to give you, but it's your choice whether or not you're going to go along with it. I'm telling you, in these times of worship, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. As I was playing the piano, and I just felt the presence of God and the peace of God in the room, I just heard God tell me, man, I'm, I, I'm waiting for them to come to me. I'm just waiting for them to believe in me. And if we had worship till 12 in the morning, literally, Jesus will sit down, and he will wait for you until you repent, until you come to him. Because God is patient, and he wants you to encounter him, and he wants you to encounter his presence. So I want to encourage you guys in this season, go after God. Don't wait anymore. Don't wait to see if, if it all works out or, if, you know, maybe if I have a little bit of the world and a little bit of God, maybe it'll work out then or try and figure out. No, I want to encourage you, just leave everything at these altars. Just go after God. Stop playing games. Stop playing God, stop cheating on God, stop trying to look back as we learned about next uh, this past week about uh, Lot's wife, that she looked back and missed out on everything. She, she died instantly, right, because her heart was still with the sin. Guys, it's time to go after God. It's time. If you say to yourself, man, well, I don't, I don't know, I'm scared, I have these things I'm holding on to. That's Okay. If you say to yourself, I have these things that I'm holding on to. It's not easy, Lawrence. You don't understand my life. Well, guess what? God is waiting to set you free. He's waiting to bring breakthrough in your life. You have to give your life over to him. Stop waiting. Stop standing there like a statue. Guys, God could have baptized some of you in the Holy Spirit. He could have set you free instantly during that time of worship, but you just stood there with disbelief in your heart, doubting God, doubting his presence. I'm telling you, it's sin. It's not good. It's not right. There's a whole God, he came tonight in the worship, his presence was here, and you stood there like nothing. God is looking for people who will respond and who will believe in him. He's looking for a people. He's looking for teenagers. He's looking for 13-year-olds. He's looking for 12-year-olds, 15, 16, 18. It doesn't matter. He's looking for people who are willing to go after him, who are willing to respond to him, who are willing to move when he's calling them to do something. But it's up to you. It's up to you. Everybody say, it's up to you. Amen. Well, before we jump into our verse here, it's found in the book of Joshua. Let's all bow our heads and close our eyes right now. Father God, we thank you. We thank you that your presence is here. We thank you, God, for the new thing that you're doing in this ministry, God. We thank you for your fire. We thank you for your presence, God, and we invite you, God. We're not afraid, God, We're not scared, Lord God. We will go after you, God. I just rebuke fear. I rebuke fear, God, fear of man, fear of others' opinions, God. I just rebuke in the name of Jesus. We command that spirit to leave in Jesus' name. It has no place in this ministry. It has no place in these youth. Lord, I pray for boldness, God, to go after you. I pray for boldness to go after you, Jesus. Lord, your word says perfect love drives out fear. God, I pray that you begin to drive out fear, God, out of youth, Lord God, that are still holding back, out of youth that are afraid, God, of what their friends would say, God, of how they would look, Lord, or whatever. I pray that you would drive that spirit out of them, God. Drive that mindset out of them, Lord. Release boldness in this place, God, and release your love, God, because it's the love of God that drives the fear away, Lord God. It's that confirmation, that affirmation from God the Father that you love us, that you're for us, God. Lord, have your way tonight in the name of Jesus. Move in power. Holy Spirit, have your way in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. If we can all turn to Joshua chapter 6. Joshua chapter 6. We're going to learn a little bit about this this fellow here. Joshua chapter 6. Sorry, Joshua chapter (laughs) 5. Joshua chapter 5, verse 13. There we go. Praise God. All right. We're going to go ahead and read these few verses here. Now, when Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. Joshua went up to him and asked, are you for us? Or are you for our enemies? Neither, he replied. But as a commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. Okay. Then Joshua fell face down to the ground in reverence, hallelujah, and asked him, what message does my Lord have for his servant? The commander of the Lord's army replied, take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did so few things I want to unpack here as we're going into this story just to give you guys some context we see in the first verse 13 here that Joshua this character this man Joshua was near a city what city was he near Jericho say it like you're awake today guys he was near Jericho amen he was near a city called Jericho Now Jericho wasn't just any old city, it wasn't just a little village, it wasn't like some little town or suburb like Rockford or Elgin, this was a legit stronghold. It had huge walls, huge fortress, it was a strong city, it had its own army, this place was the stuff. It was amazing, it was powerful, it was strong, it was secure, and the people who lived in the city of Jericho were set. They had prosperity, they had success, they had everything they could possibly need. The land in which they were in was very fertile, was very prosperous. But again, they had fortified walls, they had huge gates, they had an army, right? All these different things. That's kind of what I want the picture to be in your mind. When we say Jericho, when we think about Jericho, that's the city we're talking about. Huge walls, huge fortress, soldiers, prosperous, successful This is the city that Joshua was near. Now, why was Joshua, why did he happen to be next to this city, Jericho? What is it about Jericho that's important to Joshua? Well, for that, we got to turn back a few chapters. So let's all go to Joshua chapter 2, verse 1. Joshua chapter 2, verse 1. You see, this city of Jericho wasn't just any city. Joshua had a specific interest in this city. He was interested in it. He saw it. And here, according to verse 1, it says, Then Joshua, son of Nun, secretly sent two spies from Shittim. Go look over the land, he said, especially Jericho. Everybody say, especially Jericho. Especially Jericho. Jericho. So they went and entered the house of a prostitute named Rahab and stayed there. Now, if you guys want to read the the later part of that, we won't cover that tonight, but that's an amazing story. You might say, well, why why are they staying at a house of a prostitute? That's kind of weird. Guys, look at the story. It's an amazing story of redemption, God's compassion, his power... Amen. Um, But we're not going to go into that tonight. But here's what I want you guys to see. Joshua is sending two spies into the city called Jericho. He's looking over the land. He sees it's fertile. He sees it's a place that he wants to uh, go forward in. Now see, Joshua, he's actually the leader of the, the, the people of Israel, right? The people of Israel, the Israelites, they were nomadic people. They herded sheep. They carry tents around their back, right, all this different stuff. There were a lot of them. And Joshua is now the leader of the Israelites, and he's looking for a place to go. Joshua's looking for a place for his people to stay, to settle in, to kind of, you know, make a home for them and their families. And so he sees this city, Jericho. He's like, you know what? here, come over here. Spies, go over and investigate this city. Let's see if it's a good place that we can uh, investigate, that we can kind of conquer, maybe take over, because that place looks awesome. I want that. So he sends these two spies to go into Jericho. Okay, cool. What happens later? Well, next slide. Joshua 2, 23 through 24. It says, then the two men started back They went down out of the hills, for the river, and came to Joshua, son of Nun, and told him everything that had happened to them. This is after the spies went into the land. They went into the city of Jericho. They got enough information. Think of it as like a, uh, what's the word for it? Like a ren, oh man, there's like a spy term for this stuff. When you go into the enemy's land, and then you like, run, run, ah, recop, reconnaissance? Yes, who said reconnaissance? Amen. Call of Duty, man, over there. (laughs) Just kidding. Uh, So these guys are kind of doing reconnaissance, recon in the city, Jericho. They get done. They gather the data. They gather the information. And now they're coming back to Joshua to tell him the report. So these two men, they come. They kind of go back in, you know, the the hills and the river and all this stuff. says, they came to Joshua, son of Nun, and told him everything that had happened to them. They said to Joshua, the Lord has surely given the whole land into our hands. Now this is amazing. They come to Joshua and they say, yeah, that whole entire land, God's already given it to you. There's nothing you have to do. It's already ours. If we go to the next verse, it says, all the people are melting in fear because of us. Now, again, we're not talking about like Spartans. We're not talking about some samurai warriors with some huge spears and swords and all this stuff. We're talking about the people of Israel. This is the people of Israel. They are shepherds. They have sheep. Maybe they have, like, a big camel or a big, like, uh, cow with horns, and, like, that's, like, their, their best, like, maybe intimidating thing about them. But the people of Israel are not, you know, a group of people you'd be particularly, like, afraid of. Very normal. They were nomadic. They were traveling the desert. They didn't have this whole entire uh, reserved army of, like, the finest armor and, you know, like I said, like some, you know, Spartan 300 or whatever. It was not that. These are, like, normal dudes. And they're just walking through the wilderness, yet somehow this city called Jericho catches a catches wind of these people Israel, and they're afraid. They're afraid of these shepherds, herdsmen. Does it make sense? Somebody in the crowd, does that make sense? No, it makes absolutely no sense, but here's the thing, God was involved in the whole process, so it makes perfect sense, okay? So God was the one who instilled the fear in this grandiose city with fortified walls, everything. The whole city, they're, they're under just a, a they're, they're afraid, they're, they're, they're melting, it says, with fear, because of the Israelites. And so the spies come back to Joshua. They're excited. They're like, man, this place is already ours. They're afraid of us. They don't even know what's going on. They don't know what's about to hit them. They're excited. They're ready to take over the land. And that's exactly what Joshua is going to proceed to do. But let's now go back to, so that was kind of the context of what's going on here in this story. Let's go back to Joshua chapter 6 now. Again, we're going back to that encounter where Joshua looks up, he sees this guy with a sword, right? And he's like, are you for us? Are you against us? What's going on? Verse 1 here of chapter 6, it says, now the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. These people in Jericho were so scared, they they had a complete lockdown on the city. These guys were going crazy. They're like, man, we're not letting any of these Israelites in. They're staying out. We're going to protect ourselves. There's no way these people of Israel are getting inside our city. So they secured the gates. They barred everything down. No one went out and no one came in. Verse 2, then the Lord said to Joshua, see, I have delivered Jericho into your hands. I have delivered Jericho into your hands. This is the Lord now talking to Joshua. He's saying that city that you have your eye on, that whole land, the promised land, the, the place you want to bring your people, I've already given it to you. It's already yours. I have delivered, I have given, I am offering you now this entire city, this entire land. Here you go. Along with its kings and its fighting men. The whole battle, the whole war, yeah, it's already over, Joshua. You just need to go over and get it. Plain and simple. Somebody say that's a good deal. Come on, Victor. Amen. He knows. All right. Verse 3, it says, march around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Have seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark. And the seventh day, march around the city seven times. How many times? Seven times. This is on the last day. They got to march around this city seven times with their equipment, with their horns, with the ark of the covenant, a uh, really sacred item that the Israelites carried around that kind of represented the presence of God. Right. So the Lord's giving them instructions in how to conquer this city. He's already figured it all out. He's already worked it out that Israel will take over Jericho and he'll deliver all the armies and the kings and all that stuff to them. But here are the instructions now. The Lord's walking Joshua through the steps. Okay, this is what you got to do. If you want to take that city, I'm ready to give it to you, but this is what you got to do first. So he's giving them these instructions. They got to go around the city 7 times. They got to blow their horn, they got to, you know, do all this different stuff. Next slide. It says when you hear this them When you hear them sound a long blast on the trumpets, have the whole army give a loud shout, then the wall of the city will collapse and the army will go up, everyone straight in. Now, I don't know if that's scientific. I don't know how to explain that. You might say to yourself, well, Lawrence, how can walls just collapse? I don't know. And I really don't care. But the Bible tells me that these walls just came crumbling down. That's our God. He can do stuff like that. So uh, God's telling Joshua, these walls are going to come down. You just got to march around the city. You're going to blow these horns. You're going to shout the loudest shout you've ever shouted in your life, and you're going to have victory, and you're going to go straight into that place. So Joshua, son of Don, called the priests, and he said to them, take up the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord and have seven priests carry trumpets in front of it. And he ordered the army advance, march around the city with an armed guard going ahead of the Ark of the Lord. As we see, now Joshua is relaying the information back to his troops, back to the people of Israel. They're now ready to go in and take over Jericho. These guys are now marching towards the city, they receive the instructions, they know what to do, and they're ready to get the promise that God gave them. Because remember, God said, I had already delivered Jericho over to you, right? God said, he made it clear, I've already given you everything about this city, it's yours, you have the victory, you're going to conquer it, I've already delivered you, delivered the whole entire city into your hands, you don't have to worry about anything, just follow these instructions. So now Joshua's doing it. He's following the orders of God. He gets the troops together. They're marching around the city. Next slide. The seven priests carrying the seven trumpets before the Lord went forward, blowing their trumpets, and the ark of the Lord's covenant followed them. The armed guards marched ahead of the priests who blew the trumpets, and the rear guard followed the ark. All this time, the trumpets were sounding. Again, they're following the instructions of the Lord. They're being obedient and they're expecting, they have faith, we're going to get the city, we're going to enter in, we're going to have victory. So they're blowing these trumpets, they're walking around. But Joshua had commanded the army, do not give a war cry, do not raise your voices, do not say a word until the end of the day I tell you to shout. Until the day I tell you to shout. So as the people of Israel are going around the city of Jericho, they have to be completely quiet. And again, this is the context. This is what's happening. They already had the victory. They already won the battle. The city was already given to them, but this was the instructions. They had to be obedient and follow through with what God was telling them to do. So now they can't even say a word. They can't even speak. They have to be quiet as they go around this city. Not a lot of people have you know, pointed out before, as they were going around the city of Jericho, you, 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 you know, if you were in the city of Jericho and you were a soldier, you were a general, you'd probably think these people of Israel are crazy. Why are they marching around our city? Imagine if us as a youth group, if Elevate Youth Group, everybody stand up. Come on, somebody. Let's see if you're paying attention. There we go. <laughs> Amen. There's a reason why I did that. All right. So imagine if all of us in this room started walking around the city of, well, now let's just say the city of Chicago. Let's just say we walked around the entire Reese Park neighborhood, right? All of us together. We couldn't say a word. We couldn't speak. We couldn't say anything. We just have to walk around the entire neighborhood of Reese Park. Okay, sit back down. Give yourselves a hand. That was awesome. Y'all are participating. Shabbat. So imagine if we all start walking around the city of Reese Park or the, the neighborhood of Reese Park, and people are looking at us like, what are you doing? Why are you walking around this, this area? Like, what, what's the point? You're not saying anything. You're not doing anything. You look stupid. Like, geez, just, just go home. What you, what's going on here? So the people of Jericho, the city, they're looking down, right, because they're in their high walls and their fortified areas. They're looking down at the people of Israel, and they're like, what are they doing? Why are they walking around this city over and over and over again? What do they hope to accomplish? Yet Joshua was still obedient to the Lord's command. He didn't say anything. He didn't speak. They kept going around, and they kept marching. So he had the ark of the Lord carried around the city, circling at once. Then the army returned to the camp and spent the night there. Joshua got up early the next morning, and the priests took up the ark of the Lord. The seven priests carrying the seven trumpets went forward. Marching before the whoop, marching before the Ark of the Lord and blowing the trumpets. The armed men went ahead of them, and the rear guard followed the Ark of the Lord while the trumpets kept sounding. On the second day they marched around the city once and returned to the camp. How many days did they have to do all of this again? Seven days. You guys are paying attention. Awesome. They did this for six days. On the seventh day, everybody say the seventh day. Seventh day, it's it's, it's go time. Let's go, let's do this. They got up at daybreak and marched around the city seven times in the same manner, except on that day, they circled the city seven times. The seventh time around, when the priests sounded the trumpet blast, Joshua commanded the army, shout, for the Lord has given you the city. It's time now. They followed the instructions. They were obedient to what God had told them to do. They marched around the city seven times on the seventh day. Now it's time for them to shout. They raise their voices. It says this, the city and all that was in it are to be devoted to the Lord. Wait, shout for the Lord has given you this city. The city and all that is in it are to be devoted to the Lord. Only Rahab and the prostitute and all who are with her in her house shall be spared. Next slide, because she hid the spies we sent. But keep away from the devoted things so that you will not bring about your own destruction by taking any of them. Otherwise, you will make the camp of Israel liable to destruction and bring trouble on it. Next slide. All the silver and gold and the oracles of bronze and are sacred to the Lord and must go in the tru- into the treasury. When the trumpet sounded, the army shouted. And at the sound of the trumpet, when the men gave a loud shout, the walls what? The walls collapsed. Now, why is that important? You can't conquer a city if the walls are still up. Again, these aren't 300 like Spartan warriors who have everything they could possibly have to like destroy a city. They were talking about shepherds, we're talking about herdsmen. They couldn't do anything as long as that wall was standing, but God miraculously tore that wall down. The walls came falling at the shout of the army. And now what happens next? Next slide. So everyone charged straight in and they took the city. They charged in. God told them, I have delivered this city to you. It belongs to you. These are the instructions you have to follow. Do this. March around it seven times, all of that stuff. They followed the instructions of the Lord. They obeyed what God was telling them to do. And when it was time to shout and get the city that God had promised them, they walked right into it because they were obedient, because they didn't give up. They were listening to the Lord And so they charged straight into this city. The walls came crashing down. It says this, they devoted the city to the Lord and destroyed with the sword. Everything living, every living thing in it, men, women, young and old, cattle, sheep, donkey, everything, it was gone. The people of Israel now conquered the city. Everybody say amen. Amen. That's some good stuff. God shows up, does a miracle for the people of Israel. They get their promised land. They're now in the city. They take over. They've won the battle. They've just overthrew an entire army, an entire city. Again, because they were obedient. They listened to God's voice. They did what God commanded them to do, right? But here's the thing. Here's what's interesting. There's There's something missing about this story. See, what God did for the people of Israel, that was awesome. They got to see the promised land. They got to see these walls of Jericho fall down. The spies went into the city just to check out if everything's cool. They see that the, the entire city of Jericho is afraid. They're melting with fear. They come back to Joshua. Oh, my gosh. God has, like, completely just given us victory right now. Like, we should just go in. They saw God's fulfillment of his promises. They see the walls of Jericho fall down. They see the victory. These people, the people of Israel, get to see everything God told them would happen. Okay? Awesome. Awesome. Praise God. Well, hold on a second. Let's go to now Numbers chapter 13. Because we're going to find out there's a group of people missing in this story. See, this is great what happened to these people of Israel. They encountered God. They saw the victory. They saw the walls fall down. And now they're entering into the promised land. They're going to see their family grow up there in a spacious land, prospering, successful, with the favor of God upon them. But hold up. Back it up. Let's go to Numbers 13. Some group of people, they're missing. What's going on? What am I talking about? Numbers chapter 13. They gave Moses this account. We went into the land to which you sent us. And it does float with milk and honey. Here is its fruit. But the people who live there are powerful. And the cities are fortified and very large. So right here, back further in this other book, Numbers, right? When Moses... Again, this is a little bit of a backstory. Moses was the leader of the people of Israel. This was before Joshua took over. Moses was the leader of the people of Israel. And guess what? Moses sent spies too. Moses sent people to kind of investigate the promised land. He sent people to go into those cities, into those areas, just to see if everything was good. Because Moses and the people he was leading were supposed to be in there. They were supposed to be in the promised land. They were supposed to be in Jericho. So Moses sent these spies to go check everything out. But what did they say when they come back? Well, yeah, it's it's awesome. Flowing with milk and honey. That's just a, a way of saying it was very awesome, fertile, prosperous. This is the space, this is the spot. It, it, milk and honey, amazingness, it's awesome. It's everything you could ever dream it could be. But the people who are living there, they're powerful their cities are fortified they're very large what are these spies trying to say well let's keep going we even saw the descendants of Anak there the Amalekites live in uh, Negev the Hittites Jebusites and Amorites live in the hill country and the Canaanites live near the sea and along the Jordan there's no way we can really conquer this city Moses there's no way we can enter this promised land. There's too, many, there's too many soldiers. There's too many cities. There's too many impossibilities, obstacles. You know what, Moses? I don't think it's going to work. This is a report that these spies are bringing Moses when he was in charge of the people of Israel. Then one of the spies out of the 12 that was sent, one of the spies, he kind of stops. He speaks up, says he silenced the people. His name was Caleb. He silenced the people before Moses and said what? We should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. This is Caleb talking, and he's speaking from a place of faith. He's saying, look, I get it. There's obstacles there. Yeah, there's walls. Yeah, there's huge cities, but we serve a mighty God, and I know that we can do it. I know that we can conquer what's in front of us. I know that we can have the victory, even though it seems impossible, I know that we can enter into what God is promising us. I know we can do it. We can certainly do it. This was Caleb's confession. Verse 31, but the men who had gone up with him, the other spies, said, we cannot attack those people. They're stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they had explored. They said, the land we explore devours those living in it. All the people we saw there are of great size. We saw the Nephilim there, the descendants of Anak come from the Nephilim. We seem like grasshoppers in our own eyes, and we look the same to them. See, all I'm hearing from these spies is doubt, right? I'm not hearing about what God can do. I'm not hearing about how powerful God is. Did these 12 spies, or did the other spies, did they mention God once, Anybody catch it? Y'all don't? Okay, let's go back. <laughs> let's go back. Uh, rewind it, Oscar. Go to the uh, when, when they first started talking. Okay, here, well, that, that's good right there. But the men who had gone with him said this We cannot attack those people. They are stronger than we are. They spread this report among the Israelites. It was a bad report. We can't do it. Where's God in the picture? Where's like God's power? He can break every chain. He can set the captives free. He can give us victory. Where where is that in this picture? Oh, well, you don't understand. It was so impossible. Like, there were so many people. It was so bad. It was, the the fortified cities were so large. Yeah, but what about God? Where's God in the picture? He's nowhere in the picture. Because they don't believe God can do it. They don't have faith that God can bring them into the promised land. They don't have faith that God can give them victory. They don't believe God. They think God is a joke. They think God can't do all that he said he could do in their life. Let's keep going. How does this tie into Joshua chapter 6? Well, we're about to find out here. Next slide. That night, all the members of the community, right, because the spies, they kind of got the whole entire community riled up. They start gossiping. They start telling everybody, man, we can't go into this city. If Moses tries to send us there, you know, Moses is crazy. This is is never going to work. They have huge walls. The, The armies are so powerful. We don't stand a chance. So they keep spreading this nonsense to the rest of the entire community of Israel. Everybody raised their voices. They wept out loud, complaining, whining, Moses, we can't do this. All the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron, and the whole assembly said to them, If only we had died in Egypt or in this wilderness. Why is the Lord bringing us to this land only, next slide, why is the Lord bringing us into this land only to let us fall by the sword? Wait, did God say he would let them fall by the sword? Did God say that I would, like, send you into this land and you'd all die? No, that's not God's promise. God promised them that they'd go into Jericho. God promised them that they would have victory. God promised them that they could overcome their enemies, overcome the attacks of their enemy. So why are they talking all this nonsense? It's because they're not having faith in God. And what is that doubt causing them to do? says this, Wouldn't it be better for us to go back to Egypt? See, if you guys don't know the story, the people of Israel were actually set free and delivered from Egypt. God had brought them out with signs and wonders. Maybe some of you know Moses and the Red Sea. He split this whole body of water. They crossed through. God provided, like, food for them from the sky. It's crazy. It's amazing. And so God's brought them this far Yet once they see the walls, once they see Jericho, once they see the soldiers, once they see all these obstacles, they say, you know what? God, you can't do that. You can't give us victory. Lord, you know what? We shouldn't have wasted our time here. We should have gone back to Egypt. Everybody say, turning back. The people of Israel... Knew the promises of God. God told them exactly the same thing. God told Joshua. He said, You can enter into this place. I want to give it to you. I want to bring it. I want to bring you into there. Yet all the Israelites saw was things in the physical. All they looked at were things and obstacles that they saw in front of them. They didn't think about how God could set them free. They didn't think about how God could deliver them. They didn't think anything about God. God actually wasn't anywhere in the picture in their mind. They doubted God, so much so to the point where they're saying, God, you wasted our time out here. We, we shouldn't have even listened to you for the, from the first place. They say, wouldn't it be better for us to go back to Egypt? And they said to each other, we should choose a leader and go back to Egypt. If you guys didn't get it, these Israelites are now at a point where they're turning back. They're saying, we don't want to go into the promised land anymore. We don't want to go where God is taking us anymore. We don't want to do what God is telling us to do anymore. We want to go back now. Because God, we don't think you can do this. God, we don't think you can live up to everything you've been telling us to do. These walls are too high. This city is too big. The soldiers are too powerful. Sorry, God, you're nothing. We're going to go back. Well, how does God respond to that? Well, let's see. Keep going. Next slide. It says, the Lord was not able to bring these people into the land. He promised them on oath. So he slaughtered them in the wilderness. I want everybody to catch this because this is important. This is very practical. This can apply to your life. If you guys think this is just some old book that doesn't have anything to do, no, it has plenty to do with exactly what you're going through right now. The Lord was not able to bring these people into the Promised Land. Remember that account we read of Joshua and the city falling. God actually did it. God actually brought them. He actually gave them victory. Right? God wasn't lying. God came. God. God kept up his end of the deal. The Israelites saw the victory. They saw the walls come down. But this group of people missed out on it. They missed everything. They missed the promised land. They missed the victory. They missed the the, the success, the prosperity, the blessing. They missed what God had for them because of doubt, because they weren't willing to be obedient, and they thought they should go back instead of move forward with God and because of that god could not he could not he was not able he was not able see guys god did everything he even in, he even inflicted the whole city of jericho with fear making the whole entire city afraid and scared he did everything He could possibly do, but even God was not able to bring these people into the promised land. Well, how does that translate into my life, Lawrence? Well, guys, God is not able to bring some of you out of cycles of sin, out of relationships, out of pornography, out of partying, out of your lukewarm, rebellious attitude. He's not able to do it because you don't believe him. Because you don't care what he's trying to do in your life. Because you're not letting him lead you and guide you. And you're being like the people of Israel. And God is not able to do anything with your life except to get rid of you and do, you, do away with you in your life. And you're going to miss out on the promised land. You're going to miss out on the soul saved. You're going to miss out on answered prayers. You're going to miss out on seeing your family, your mom and dad, get set free from, from, from alcoholism and abuse and all these different things. You're going to miss out on all of that because you don't believe in God, because you don't have faith. You're looking at your circumstances you're saying, God, you can't do anything. Yeah, God, this, this stuff I'm, I'm seeing in school, my family... My future, my life right now, God, where are you? Are you even real? Nah, God, I'm I'm not going to listen. I'm going to do my own thing. I'm not going to waste my time with this stuff. Well, guess what? God's not going to do anything with you. God can't do anything with you. Oh, he can bring you to elevate. He can put you in an amazing worship service. He can put on fire preaching in front of you. He can put you in awesome life groups that will pour themselves out to you. Yeah, he can do all that stuff for you. But at the end of the day, you have to enter. You have to go with God. You have to not turn back in your doubt and rebellion. And you have to move forward with Jesus. God is going over time, over time, trying to set you free. Trying to set you free. What do I mean by that? Lawrence, what are you talking about? Set me free? You're speaking Chinese. No, I'm not. Yo, yo, God wants to set you free from that addiction to drugs every time your friend hits you up and they're like hey let's go over here let's do this shady stuff hey let's go to this party hey let's let's go out and, and hang out with these, these people that you know are no they're, they're bad news hey let's 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 just forget church you know we should just have a sleepover and hang out and gossip and talk about this one crazy girl in school yeah god wants to get rid of that in your life God's not okay with that. You think he's fine with how you're living and your rebellion and your sin? You think it's funny? God hates your gossip. He hates your bitterness. He hates your lust. He hates your lukewarm attitude. He hates that you don't care anything about him. But he loves you and he's trying. He's trying. He's trying. He's trying. He's trying. He's trying. He's trying trying so hard to get your attention. But you guys keep doubting God. And you keep looking away. And you try and find every excuse not to obey him. And guess what? You miss out. You miss out on the amazing things God had for you. You missed out on the amazing family God had for you. You missed out on the amazing children God had for you. You missed out on the amazing church family that God had for you. You missed out on the the joy that God had for you, the peace that God had for you, The, the, the victory that God had for you, the patience, the kindness. God had goodness and kindness and all this stuff that he wanted to give you, but you said, no, God, I want to do my own thing. So now you're just a bitter, angry, vengeful person that hurts other people, and you wonder why you're like that. Well, it's because you're not letting God take you. And so what can God do with those people that are like that? They're just difficult. They don't want to believe in God. They're doubting God. They're like, God, God, you can't do that. Sorry. What what does God do with them? We're talking about God, right? The person who made you, the creator, the almighty God who like breathed you, and there you are. there There you existed. Yeah. What can that guy, what can God do with the person who's doubting him? Absolutely nothing. Well, actually, he can do something with them. He can kill them. Hello, Somebody. God looks at your life. He sees that you're not paying attention. You don't care a bit about what God's trying to tell you. Okay, well, there goes them. Let me move on to someone else now. When God lifts his hand off of you, see, some some of you guys don't even know what it's like to have the hand of God just lifted off of you. Let me tell you what, look into some of these college people that are partying right now, that are on summer break. They're at beaches, Guess what? They're getting raped. They're getting just, just drunked out, just laying on, on, on strangers' beds and alleys, getting drugged up because they're so depressed that they have all this schoolwork and homework and a family doesn't really care about them. So they're just like, you know what? Let me just go crazy. Let me just make all these fake friends so I can feel like I'm good about myself. See, that's God's hand. God just, God, gi- guys, God, it, okay, you got to hear me when I say this. It's almost like God gave up on them. He's still after them, Yes. He still wants them, yes, but he can't bless them anymore. He said, you know what, my favor, I'm going to stop protecting you because you don't even want it. I can't do anything with you because you don't want me in your life. So I'm just going to lift my hand. I'm still going to be over here. I'm still going to wait for you to come to me, but I'm going to be over here, and I'll let you while out. And that's when we see the most broken, depressed, hurtful, just evil, wicked people on the planet. It's because God stepped out of their life. And all that person had left is their sin, their pride, their depression. Now they're, now they're about to kill themselves. Guys, it's not worth it. It's not worth it to doubt God. It's not worth it to mock God. It's not worth it to turn your back on God and say, maybe I should go back into the world because it was easier there. You know, it was easier just being in the world, just getting high, smoking weed with my friends. Instead of coming to church, instead of coming to Elevate, man, it was so easier just to smoke with my friends. Yeah, guess what? Ten years down the road, you're on acid. You're drugged up. No girl wants to be with you because you're filthy. You stink. Yeah. Do you want to live that life? Any hands? Any hands? Raise your hand now, because let me tell you what, that's what you're signing up for. It's not a game. Move on, uh, Oscar, to the the last verse in uh, chapter 14. It says, not one of them will ever see the land I promised on oath to their ancestors. No one who who has treated me with contempt will ever see it. How many guys treat God with contempt? Oscar, if you could look up that dictionary definition of what contempt is, maybe put it on there for the screen for us to see or shout it out, whichever is more convenient for you. That word contempt, what does that mean? I just want, I just want a clear dictionary definition of what that means. So, Oscar, if you could get that up while I drink some water. Can I get somebody from the studio and read it for me, please? Anybody. I'm asking for somebody to come up on the stage and read this definition. Melanie, thank you.
1: The feeling that a person or a thing is beneath consideration, worthless, or deserving scorn.
0: Y'all thought I was done. I ain't even done. This is the word contempt. It's in the Bible. God used it to describe the people of Israel. He said, they're treating me with contempt. What is contempt? A feeling uh, that a person or a thing is beneath consideration. Hello, somebody. I wish I could look dead in some of your faces and and point to this definition. Because you think God is beneath you. He's beneath your consideration. You think God is worthless. You even mock God. Guys, this is some of you. Wake up in this place. You think God is beneath your consideration. Repent, please, just repent. You think God is beneath your consideration? You think God is worthless? Oh, you come to church, that don't mean anything because all time you're thinking to yourself, this is a waste of my time. You think we, 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 you think we, we don't see your hypocritical nonsense, guys? This is who you are and you're going to miss out on all that God has for you because you think he's worthless when in fact he's the only thing that can give you any type of worth, period. Let's go back to the verse. Someone, however, was able to make it into the promised land. Somebody say, good news. But because my servant Caleb has a different spirit Oh, everybody say different spirit. <laughs> see, Caleb wasn't like the other people. Because Caleb had a different mindset. He had a different, he just, there was something different about Caleb. You know what, I'll let him into the land. He follows me wholeheartedly. I will bring him into the land that he went into. And his family, his children, his grandchildren, they're going to they're see it. They're going to live in it. You could either be a Caleb who went forward and saw the promised land, or you could be like the rest of the people of Israel, turned their back on God, wanting to go back to Egypt, thinking God's below your consideration, not worth your time. Pick right now. Make your choice. If we can all stand. Stephanie, if you can come up to the... If you could set up your guitar. Oscar, you need to mute her guitar. Thank you Jesus. Actually uh, Stephanie just sing a cappella. We don't even need the guitar. Cuz you guys don't get You guys don't get it. Somebody in this place could literally get shot as they're walking outside and you with your fake smile, your hypocritical attitude can go to hell like that. And miss out on everything that God had for your life. Guys, I'm sick and tired of Elevate being a joke to some of you because it's not a joke when you stand before a all-powerful, all-knowing God who knows every thought you had about Him, about how worthless and how wasteful of a time it was to be in church. He knows every single thought and when you die and you appear before Him, it's no more joking around. Your fake smile turns into a very scared face. Do you know what the Bible says? It says every knee will bow down. Oh yeah, that atheist in school that's always boasting that they know so much and they don't need God in their life. Well, guess what? When they see God on judgment day, it will make the hardest atheist fall to their knees and beg for forgiveness. Because the whole time on this earth, God was trying to get their attention. God was trying his hardest. He was trying. Right now, let's just just all close our eyes right now in this place. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, we repent right now for thinking that you're beneath our consideration. Oh, God, even in the worship, some of you guys in this place need to repent for your attitudes in worship, thinking that it was beneath your consideration. Oh, guys, you need to repent and cry out right now. Because some of y'all think this is a game and it's beneath you. Some of you, let me just repeat that if you didn't hear me the first time. You think it's beneath you to worship God. Lord, forgive us right now. Somebody get in this place. If I just have the leaders just start speaking in tongues right now. Let's just intercede. Let's just create an atmosphere for the Holy Spirit to just convict hearts right now. Because some of you, literally, you do not have time left. You do not have time left on this earth. You think you're going to make it till 70, have a, have a house and a, and a yacht and a little picket fence with some dog named Fido. You guys don't understand. You could lose everything at 20 years old, die, and it's all over, and you never get to see anything that God wanted to do with your life. Oh, rabashika, if you feel concerned if you feel convicted, don't look at me, just repent right now to God because He's here and He still loves you. God wants to get your attention. Hopefully, this message kind of got your attention somehow. So, just talk to God in this moment and say, Lord, I'm listening, you got my attention. Lord, I'm, I want to follow you, I don't want to turn back, I don't want to miss out, I don't want to dismiss you. You're not beneath my consideration, Lord. You're not beneath me, you're not beneath my consideration, you're not worthless, Jesus. If you're too scared to shout it, just say it. Just whisper it, for goodness sakes. Just give God a whisper then. If I can just have a one-on-one or come up on this mic and just repent on, on, on behalf of maybe other people or just even for yourself. Times that you've, you've, you've put God beneath you. You don't, I, just, I don't want to hear a prayer of, well, God, I'd repent for everybody else who's backslidden. No, I want to hear you repent on your own, your life, just like, God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Not, Lord, I'm sorry for these. No, no, no. God, I'm sorry that I've put you beneath me so many different times. I need a one on one to come up right now and just, just repent on, on your own. You're, you're, I'm not saying you're going. I'm not saying you're backslidden. I saw Bree first. Come on, Bree. Just say, God, Lord, I'm sorry for the times That I've just put you beneath my feet.
1: God, I come before you today and I'm very sorry for everything. I'm sorry for putting everything before you, God. I'm sorry for that, God. And I just pray, God, and I'm very sorry that I've put my family before you. I've put my phone, TV, friends, and everything, God. I'm very sorry. Amen. And anybody
0: else just want to repent, just 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 to tell God, Lord, I, I'm done with this. Lord, I am sorry. Forgive me.
1: Lord, I'm just, I'm sorry for all the times that I've put something before you, Lord. Putting, hanging out with friends, watching a, a stupid video, playing video games, just anything, Lord. Just, I'm I'm sorry that I that like I thought that it was more important than you, because in the fact is that nothing is more important than you, Lord. Every you, nothing compares to you lord and it's just like everything that great that's through you lord we we all overlook it with with personal things that we want more than you lord and like all we have to do is look to you and then we'll find eternal happiness no matter what lord and it's like i'm I'm just i'm sorry for everything lord i'm sorry for everything i've done just i pray this in jesus name amen one more one more amen
2: Lord it's always it's always one more video that I need to watch Lord it's always one more new song that I need to listen to Lord but I want to tell you right now Lord that every time I'm just one click away from that Bible app I am one step away from that Bible on my bedside Lord Lord forgive me I'm sorry Lord that I didn't I didn't go that extra step I didn't take one step to open and finish the book of first Corinthians Lord I'm sorry that it took me so many months to finish the book of Romans, Lord. I'm, I should be so much more than I already am now, Lord. But I want to grow so much more in you. But I, I fail to be in your word as much as I would want to, Lord. All because of my laziness, Lord. And Lord, I repent from that, Lord. I ask that you forgive me, Lord. That I would find joy in your word amongst all other things, Lord. That I would find your word to entertain me more than music, Lord. I would find that I need your word more than I need oxygen, Lord. Lord, let that be a truth in my life, Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.
0: If we can all just kneel down right now in your seat, I just want to see everybody take it. Take, just kneel down. But I just want to say this: nobody is. Nobody is beneath this. Nobody is beneath worshiping. It, There is nobody in this room that can say, you know what, worshiping God, living for that's beneath me, that's just so wrong. Oh, guys, that's so wrong. God deserves so much right now, you don't even understand how much mercy and compassion you guys are making the king of heaven and earth work overtime, trying to get one glance, just one look out of the corner of your eye. He's doing everything he can possibly think of to get your attention, but you won't even give him the look of an eye from the corner of your eye. Do we all understand that in this place that there are some of you that you won't even look out of the corner of your own eye at Jesus? Because that's how little he means to you. I just want you on your own right now just to talk to the Holy Spirit. He's here. Us getting on our knees is a sign of respect. God, we respect you. Just talk to the Holy Spirit. Say, God, I haven't been respecting you a lot lately. I'm sorry. That's not right. Right now, just take, just take a few moments. I want you guys to talk to God. Either y'all have absolutely no relationship with God at all, and you're living in some fantasy land, or you are too afraid. I just want to hear somebody just talk to God. You don't have to shout it, but I just want to hear mouths open, talk, telling God something. Telling God something. Anything. We understand that. God wants to hear anything from you. He will. He's wanting to hear anything from you. Oh, what God would have, God died on the cross so you could just possibly think about giving your life to him. He was willing to do that for you. Oh, he's willing to go all the way. Let's just give God just something. Just, um, Lord, we come before you right now, tonight, God. It's no more games, Lord. We're not turning back. God, we love you. Oh, as, as we're as you guys are still praying and talking to God, Stephanie, if you can just sing a song from your heart. Oh Rabba Rabashika. Keep talking to the Holy Spirit. Keep talking to him. Just give him a glance. That's all he's wanting right now. I just want to look
1: at you, Lord. I just want to gaze upon you. I want to look again to the eyes of love. I want to know what you paid (sighs) for on (inaudible) the (inaudible) cross for me. Here I am, God. I'm listening. Here I am, God. I'm looking. I'm fixing my eyes on you, Jesus. Uh-huh. Fixing my eyes on you, Jesus. Uh-huh. You're worthy. Mm-hmm. You're worthy.
0: Every drop, God.
1: Of one glance
0: you're worthy of every drop of
1: my you're worthy of every life, God, you're
0: worthy of it all,
1: God, you're
0: worthy, Jesus, somebody get it in this place that Jesus is actually worth something, Somebody get it that Jesus is actually worth something. We're not talking about everything. We're not talking about even 50% because you won't even give him 1%. Just get it tonight. He's worth something to you. Just give him something tonight. Give God something from your heart. Just a few more moments, you and God right now. If you don't care about what's happening, that's okay, because there's plenty of other people who are. If you don't want to talk to God, you can just sit back in your chair.
1: You're worthy of my all. You're worthy of my all. You're worthy of my time. You're worthy of my love. You're worthy of it all.
0: <laughs> Are you, so, so, Somebody getting it now?
1: You're worthy of my time. Somebody
0: getting it? Yeah, he's he's worthy you of it. Worthy he's actually of worth of something. Somebody catch oh, it? Lord, there it is. Yeah, God's actually worth something. He's not beneath the your consideration.
1: You're worthy of my time. You're.
0: I bow
1: before we bow before you right now, Lord God. I bow before
0: you God, we show reverence to you.
1: I bow before we'll bow
0: as low as we can, God, because you're worth it. have my altar workers come up. If you felt like that message was for you, <laughs> you can either come up to the altar workers and just give your life to Jesus or you can stay where you're at right now. It's okay because God's here. His presence is here. guys, we don't even need music. His his presence is right here. I'm I'm happy with just sitting right here in the presence of God, because guess what? Guys, God knows that he's wanted somewhere. He sees you bowing down. He sees you saying, man, I'm sorry for being lazy, being one click away from the Bible, but not touching it. Oh, guys, God feels appreciated right now, finally, by some of you. Let me tell you what, God's presence will always come to people who appreciate him. So he's here in this room. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you.
1: Jesus. Sure, and
0: If you need breakthrough right now, is the time for you. If you need freedom, if you need healing, whatever it is, God's right here in this place. Just reach up and grab it. Just say, God, I need this in my life. I need breakthrough from this thing, from this habit, from these thoughts. I just need freedom, Lord. I just need more of you, God. I'm so hungry, Lord. I just need more of you, Lord. I don't want to do it on my own. I just want more of you, God. If that's your heart, just tell God because He's filling some of you right now with new fire, with new passion. He's just giving more of Himself to you as you're recognizing that, God, I need you. God, I need you. As you're recognizing that and acknowledging, God, you're not beneath me and my consideration. He's filling you up right now when he's finally able to talk to you. Don't get distracted and lose what God's doing in this moment. Focus. Pay attention. Just get it out. Get it out of your mouth. Lord, thank you. God, give me more of your fire. God, give me more passion. God, give me fire. Just get those words out of your mouth. Just tell him that. If I can have my leaders just come up and start praying for the people that are just kneeling down here at these altars. If you want prayer, feel free. Come out of your seat at these altars so we know that, that we that you